today on Locked On Ducks Hockey. The Ducks let the Oilers come into their house and completely demolish them. And a commentary piece again. All of this on today's Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, hockey fans. How's everyone doing today? You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez on this Monday and also on this Veterans Day in the U.S. So to all those military members out there, happy Veterans Day and we salute you. This is Locked on Ducks, your daily podcast covering Orange County's favorite hockey team. Don't forget you will have fresh content Monday through Friday, so make sure you're tuned in. Also, I do Locked On Goals every Thursday through Thanksgiving covering the San Diego Goals, so be on the lookout for that. Before we discuss yesterday's game, you can listen to this podcast or any of the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Spotify. Also, apparently going to your Alexa smart device doesn't work. Oh no, it doesn't work as I'd hoped. So if you're an Apple person, ask Siri. Hey Siri, Play the Locked on Ducks hockey podcast or play Locked on Ducks and see if that works. And yes, please let me know if that works or not so I can let everyone know. Or you might try looking manually on the Apple or Google podcast. So if you're listening already, be sure to hit that subscribe button to listen daily. And this show is on the Twitter sphere. Follow it at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. I post episode links and I post some other hockey-related stuff, including yesterday's miraculous goal on Connor McDavid. And before the game even started yesterday, awesome ceremony. Now, just to peel back the curtain a little bit, I have had family serve in the military. So Veterans Day definitely has a special meaning for me personally. Um, Yeah, I've had family members serve in the Marines. A couple of them have passed away in the line of duty. So seeing the ceremonies before the game at the pond was an absolute treat. You know, seeing the military members singing the national anthem, seeing the para-rescuers come down, that's awesome. And really seeing a Purple Heart recipient from the Marines being recognized before the game, the pomp and circumstance was amazing, and I loved it. And once again, I just want to say on this Veterans Day, and yesterday was Remembrance Day in Canada... Be sure to give thanks to those people who have served for our respective countries. It means a whole lot. So once again, thank you very much to those of you that have served. I send my sincere gratitude to anyone that served in the military. So after the ceremony took place at the Pondo, we had a game to play. And boy, the Oilers' first line started off aggressively with Connor McDavid shooting one off the post, and then Zach Cassian getting two shots on John Gibson on the first minute. Yeah, this was a sign of things to come. James Neal put some great pressure on Corbinian Holzer, and Holzer lost the puck behind his own net, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins picked up the loose puck and snuck it in from slightly behind the net, and it bounced in off John Gibson only a minute and a half into the game. Already one nothing Oilers. The Sylphie line put massive pressure on the Oilers, and that resulted in Silverberg passing it to Ricard Raquel, who got to Koskinen's left side, and top shelved it right off Koskinen's left shoulder to tie the game at one only about four minutes into the game. And only a minute later, 
Troy Terry shot it towards the net, and Sam Steele tried a deflection that just got enough of Koskinen's left pad to not go through for a goal. So Miko Koskinen looked pretty decent. Yeah, he's 6'7". I've seen that boy play live against the rain, against the goals, against most of the American Hockey League. Bakersfield is not that far from me, so I've seen Miko Koskinen play before, and that dude is tall. He's really tall in person. So both teams started the game with some pretty high energy, and already they made the goalies work. Both Miko Koskinen and John Gibson had to make some fantastic saves in the first few minutes of the contest, and both teams did take penalties early on, but there was only 25 seconds of power play time for each as the Oilers took one, then the Ducks took one. That made it 4 on 4 for a minute and a half. But that fast pace typically favors the younger, faster Oilers team. And sure enough, Connor McDavid slides in between a couple of defenders and received the puck from Leon Dreisidel. McDavid then used his speed to find an open lane and then he wristed one in the net going 7 hole on John Gibson. Of course, that top line strikes again, and Connor McDavid gets his 400th career point at only 22 years, 301 days old. There's only a handful of players that have scored 400 career points before they turn 23 in league history. My goodness. Both teams still played with a ton of energy, and the hits began to come at a higher pace after the Oilers took the lead. Anaheim tried to play a more physical game, and they got some great hits from their bigger bodies, but the Oilers still led 2-1 to one after 20 minutes. In the second period, Adam Henrique drew a tripping penalty from Zach Cassian, and the Ducks immediately got into their power play, which did, you know, poorly. They have a tendency to keep the puck on one side of the ice, and that allows the defense to settle in and just wait and wait and wait for the Ducks to shoot it. When they finally get a cross-ice pass... You know, Troy Terry settled the puck before shooting it instead of just trying for a one-timer right away. You know, Troy Terry took an extra maybe three-fourths of a second. The puck settled, that way it didn't kind of roll around. But then, what that allowed was Koskinen to just get ready, get in place, and get the easy save. Troy Terry's gotta just let it rip, rifle it. One-timers are going to be a little bit better when you have the goalie off position. But not, not long after that failed power play, Carter Rowney got tripped up by Connor McDavid, and the Ducks went on another power play. This one started off better with Getzloff and Silverberg getting two high-quality shots that just missed the back of the net. Towards the end of the power play, though, the Ducks began to crash the net, and Max Comtois fanned on the attempt a few feet, really, from Miko Koskinen that would have for sure tied the game up. The Ducks took another penalty, only to see Ryan Nugent Hopkins snipe a shot into the top left corner and put the Oilers ahead by two goals, 3-1. to one. And that was just pure perfection from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That went bar down. You could hear it ping off the bar, and no one could stop that shot. That was a perfectly, perfectly placed shot right in the corner, maybe that little two-inch window where goals are going to go in most of the time. And John Gibson's going to have a hard time finding that goal even on open ice, even with no one shielding him. He had a decent shield on him, but just a perfect shot from Nugent Hopkins. And that was his second goal of the game. Less than a minute after that goal, 
the Ducks got on another man advantage, and the passes just did not connect at all. They were not in sync on the power play. And shortly after that, with 9.37 left, only a few seconds after the Oilers got back to full strength, Zach Cassian got the loose puck and performed a perfect fake move on John Gibson, who tried to poke check it away, only to see the puck go right under his stick. And Cassian did one more fake to complete the backhanded goal, and it became a 4-1 game in favor of the Oilers. And then Anaheim went on their fifth power play of the night. And that one was the most stagnant of the game. That was even worse if you can believe it. The Oilers continued to skate at a high pace, and they looked like the fresher team out there despite the fact that the Ducks just came off a four-day break. And then the third period, oh boy, Max Jones skated from behind the net, got the top shelf goal right on the corner. That was his first goal of the season, and that woke the crowd up a little bit as the Ducks only trailed by two goals. And then it became the Connor McDavid show. I'll just say this. Connor McDavid is one of the best players in the National Hockey League right now. And the goal he scored in the third period, his second goal, was something that blew Twitter up a little bit. And the only way I could describe it is he had perfect speed going down the left side. Silverberg was sliding on his behind, trying to do something with that play. And what made that goal amazing was the patience that Connor McDavid had, you know, going in, going forehand, backhand, forehand, backhand, like he just kept going forehand, backhand, until finally he was almost at the goal line, and he did one more fake and then roofed it on John Gibson, and you could see the look on his teammate's face just going, wow, like they were, they were amazed. When your teammates get amazed at a goal, you know you just did something special. The look on Zach Cashin's face, he looked like a little kid, just beaming with pride, going, that's my teammate, that's my teammate right there, yeah, that's him, he scored that goal. That was the kind of reaction that he had. He had the goofiest smile on his face when McDavid pulled off that shot to make it 5-2 to two Oilers, and the home crowd was really going at that point. They were going, what did we just witness? What did we just watch? Really? You're going to be talking about that goal for a long time. That was definitely the goal of the night, the goal of the week. That is a good candidate for the goal of the year in the National Hockey League. It was that amazing. I still can't believe it myself. I mean, watching Connor McDavid live, and I've done this plenty of times because the Oilers happen to play in the Western Conference. We get to see the Oilers play down here in SoCal quite frequently. And watching McDavid in person... That guy is really fast. He's really skilled. And here's the thing. He's only 22. He's getting better. He's getting better with patience. His hand skill is getting better. His speed is getting better. When you can say that Connor McDavid is getting better and he already has 400 career points, the sky is the limit for Connor McDavid. And again, just amazing to watch. But he wasn't done. He wasn't done at that point. What happened next... I'll talk about after the ad break. So, I want to remind you that you can listen to us via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast as I was a guest on the show this week. Actually, it should be the show on Monday. So, if you listen to that show after this show, of course, tune into Locked On NHL and you'll hear my interview on there with some thoughts on the Ducks and some thoughts on Alec Martinez's face. 
Oh, yeah. Much more to come on the other side of the intermission. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as we are still breaking down last night's game against the Edmonton Oilers. And I didn't even get into Connor McDavid's last goal of the game, his hat trick goal of the game. Hmm. I think I got left off kind of in a trance on that second goal that McDavid scored that is still a buzz. It's still one of the most amazing goals I've seen. But we got to talk about the third goal. We haven't even gotten to the end of the game where Connor McDavid got a one-timer. Well, I guess a one-timer shot, and that one went in. Yeah, that was at about the six-minute mark of the third period where Connor McDavid got a pass from Clefboom, and Drysaddle had the apple before that. And that resulted in a power play goal for the Edmonton Oilers, which resulted in in the 6-2 win. But I want to talk about that last goal by McDavid because that was a rocket of a shot. And yes, John Gibson did get a piece of it, but it went right through the five hole. That's one that Gibson maybe should have had. But when Connor McDavid gets going with a shot that fast, it is very difficult to stop. And what happened afterwards? Well, I'll just say that it was hat night at the Ponda. That's right. Because it was Military Appreciation Day since today's Veterans Day, they were giving away free camouflage hats last night in Anaheim. So the fans already had the ammunition. They were ready to go. As soon as McDavid got that third goal, fans from all over started throwing those free giveaway hats onto the ice. Although I will say some of the hats that made it onto the ice were not the giveaway caps. I saw a few regular hats. I saw a couple Edmonton Oilers caps. Not only were the Oilers fans throwing caps onto the ice, there were some Ducks fans, or fans wearing Ducks gear, throwing their hats onto the ice. So part of that is a state of how the Ducks feel about their season right now. Part of that is the Oilers fans really just giving Connor McDavid the, I guess, respect that he frankly deserves because Connor McDavid is one of the best players in the National Hockey League right now. And there was a lot of respect from both Ducks fans and Oilers fans. And it was such a weird sight to see. Not often do you see hats being thrown onto the ice for the opposing player. And you could kind of see towards the end of it, McDavid had this kind of sly smile on his face. He knew what was up. And that was the final score, 6-2 Edmonton, and that puts them further into first place in the Pacific Division. Yeah, the Oilers are in first place right now. Maybe this team is actually for real. Maybe they are that good. I mean, they looked that good last night. Who's to say that they're not going to get better? Because that first line is amazing. Just to go over a couple of quick stats... Uh, The Ducks outshot Edmonton 33-31. It was not John Gibson's night at all. And John Gibson only got 26. No, 25. 25 saves for John Gibson on 31 shots. That's not going to get it done. The offense did get a couple of goals, but they need more than that against Edmonton because the Oilers are a scoring machine, mostly led by that top line. And here's how that top line went. Connor McDavid, 
three goals, three points. All right, Zach Cassian, one goal, two assists, three points. Leon Dreisaitl, four apples, four points for Leon Dreisaitl. Nugent Hopkins got the other two goals. So that's the points breakdown. It was basically just that top line. The top two lines got all the scoring, and that was it. And just to further talk about the Oilers, I brought up on Friday's show the top scoring lines in the National Hockey League. As of Monday, Boston has 76 total points on that first line. Patrice Bergeron, 17. Marshawn, 29. Pasternak, 30. The Oilers topped that last night. The Edmonton Oilers' first line has a whopping 77 points combined. Zach Cassian has 13. Connor McDavid has 30. Leon Dreisaitl has 34 points to lead the NHL in points for the league. That's amazing. That one line can have 77 points. Edmonton is relying on that top line because they account for about two-thirds or three-fourths of all the points for the Edmonton Oilers, which is ridiculous. The percentage points for certain players like McDavid and Dreisaitl, they're taking up about half the points right there, just between that dynamic duo. And you really cannot stop both of them. You can only hope to contain them on any given night. And that's exactly what happened last night at the Ponda. You know, everyone had glowing reviews about Connor McDavid after the game. You know, even the opposing team. They all had a lot to say about Connor McDavid, didn't they? You know, Ryan Getzloff was quoted as saying, quote, We got outplayed. We said they were an opportunistic team. They were. We said they were good on the power play. They were. We got outplayed. End quote. Yeah, he's right about that. And the Ducks, their power play was not that good. They went 0 for 5 on the power play. Almost last place in the league again on the power play. And what Coach Eakin said was, quote, We're working tirelessly on this. We're finally getting the amount of shot attempts that we want. And we've just got to start getting them through. End quote. And finally, here's what Coach Eakin said on the Oilers' first line that I just mentioned, Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Cashian. Quote, They do have a couple players there that if you give them any room at all, that puck's going in the net. I thought that line really supported each other well. We can look at that line and try to take something from that where we can be better with our support. End quote. Yeah, the Ducks just got demoralized. They got spanked yesterday. And really, I got to go back to Connor McDavid here because, again, I talked about his speed. He gets between defenders. He kind of gets between two guys. A lot of the times he scores goals and he's outspeeding everybody, but more so his hands. Look at the way that he handles the puck. You know, he gathers it in. He usually takes only about a third of a second to kind of gather himself and get the puck in a good position where he can score some pretty decent goals. And what he does very effectively is he works his backhand very effectively, whether it's a deke or whether it's some kind of pass. He knows how to work the forehand-backhand, and I think that's something that the Edmonton Oilers do very well, is puck handling. Those skills are bar none. And McDavid last night, he proved it once again with those hands, with that speed. That's how Connor McDavid gave the Ducks the shaft last night. And speaking of giving someone the shaft, 
Blue Chew is the first chewable male enhancement pill with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you'll be ready to play a full 60, and maybe even overtime. And because it's chewable, Blue Chew works fast, so you'll never have to worry about being ready to go. Blue Chew is made here in the USA, can be prescribed online, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. So there's no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in long lines at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our Locked On listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's blue as in the color blue, so that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. Blue Chew. Perform with confidence. More to come after the intermission. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and I'm really going to peel the curtain back a lot right now. I had originally recorded a small commentary on Don Cherry earlier this morning. And a few minutes as I was finished editing and about to send it out, I just got the news on my Twitter feed that Don Cherry was fired from Hockey Night in Canada. And I'm going to go back and just say what I said earlier for some of it. You know, Don Cherry had some very, very inappropriate remarks on Saturday night on the coach's corner where he shamed immigrants for not buying poppies and saying, quote, you people, end quote. And they were some very horrible remarks. And I will just say, speaking on my behalf, as someone of color, you know, there's still some deep-rooted racism, something that I somewhat alluded to last week on another commentary piece about the state of Hispanics in hockey. You know, there's not many... Hispanics in hockey. There's not a lot of diversity in hockey. You know, just looking at, you know, looking at press boxes, looking all around. Yes, I'm aware that there's very few people of different nationalities working in hockey. Now, now we're seeing that happening where we're having Spanish language broadcasts. You know, it took 26 years for the Ducks to have that first one, something they need to have every year. We want to expand this game. We do not want to close it off. There was a quote I put out there last week where someone said, I'm sorry, it was the Vegas Golden Knights announcer that was quoted as saying that, you know, hockey is a white man's sport. You know, we weren't invited, you know, something to that effect. And to hear Don Cherry say that, that that did hurt a little bit. You know, there is still racism you know, not just in hockey, but a lot of other sports. But Don Cherry, to say that, I mean, the fact that he was saying stuff every single week on Sportsnet, that was abhorrent. And here was a statement from Sportsnet that was yesterday from Bart Yabsley, the president of Sportsnet, quote, Don's discriminatory comments are offensive and they do not represent our values and what we stand for as a network. We have spoken with Don about the severity of this issue, and we sincerely apologize for their divisive remarks, 
end quote. That one, I could see, but part of me was going, okay, where's the rest of the apology? I mean, I really felt like that wasn't a huge apology. It was a half-hearted attempt to try to make some good. I mean, again, where was the rest of it? It wasn't good enough. You know, and Don Cherry saying, you know, oh, you people love our way of life. Love our milk and honey. That That's something that got to a plethora of people. Yeah, the comments were offensive. They were discriminatory. It wasn't right. And then came the news just a few minutes ago that hockey broadcaster Don Cherry has been reportedly fired by Sportsnet, for which people finally said, thank goodness. And here's the quote just from a few minutes ago from Bart Yabsley, the president of Sportsnet. Quote, Sports brings people together. It unites us, not divides us. Following further discussions with Don Cherry after Saturday night's broadcast, it has been decided it is the right time for him to immediately step down. During the broadcast, he made divisive remarks that do not represent our values or what we stand for. Don is synonymous with hockey and has played an integral role in growing the game over the past 40 years. Hmm. We would like to thank Don for his contributions to hockey and sports broadcasting in Canada. End quote. Hmm. Okay. I I need to say this right now. The I'm just reading this as is. As soon as I read, he played an integral role in growing hockey, growing the game over the past 40 years. Hmm. Okay. How about other people that are trying to grow the game of hockey with different nationalities? How about that? How about people like Scott Gomez? How about you know, people of different color. You know, you have Willie O'Ree, who is extremely respected in the game of hockey. You know, he is beloved down in San Diego. Last week, Willie O'Ree was present at the goals game, and everybody was around him thanking him for what he contributed to hockey. Yes, Willie O'Ree doesn't like to make a massive deal about it. He did, quote, break the color barrier, end quote, by playing a few games with Boston, but that had such a massive impact. And now we're seeing a bunch of other players of color in the National Hockey League. You know, P.K. Subban is a hero to many people, especially many young people in Montreal. You know, he helped build that wing of the hospital in Montreal. P.K. Subban still talks greatly about those little kids in that hospital. And you know, with the holidays coming up, PK is going to do something very special for those kids and just wait until later this year when he does something special in New Jersey. You know, players like that don't come around all that often. But when you are a player of minority, yes, there is somewhat more of a responsibility. But when you have comments from Don Cherry that kind of bring everyone down, that is not growing the game at all. It is bringing it back. It's bringing it back to the days of the original six. It is bringing it back to the days where you did not have, you know, hockey for everyone. The NHL tries to promote, quote, hockey for everyone, end quote. Don Cherry does not represent, quote, hockey for everyone. It is abhorrent. It is awful. It is very happy from most of my Twitter feed that Don Cherry just got fired. I cannot wait to see the rest of the comments on my Twitter feed about the firing of Don Cherry. Yes, it is that big a deal. With that, I feel like we have to wrap it up. 
So, I will just quickly say that you can download this podcast or any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks and follow me personally at StimpyJD. Yeah, I'm definitely going to post more about this later today. I really want to thank everyone for listening. And yes, it did get a little ranty there, but as you can tell, this has a lot of meaning. If you want to chat hockey with me or chat about this, um, please hit me up on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or on my personal Twitter at StimpyJD or email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. For Locked On Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the week and, you know, have a good Veterans Day and stay cool, Anaheim. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the super light tree runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com code SUPER24.